Amen. If you'd stay standing for just a moment here for the reading of God's Word. Today we're going to look at Psalm chapter 16 today. It says this, Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, You are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Trouble multiplies for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given to me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Amen. You may be. Hey, well, good morning, everybody. Morning and happy new year. Uh, just by a quick show of hands, how many of you stayed up? Less than half. Wow. Okay. That's why you're here this morning. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe next hour will be a little different, but hey, we appreciate you coming out this morning. I know uh, in the busyness of holidays and maybe you're tired, uh, maybe you've been sick, whatever it looks like, just really glad that you're here this morning. We're going to have a shorter time this morning, but just wanted to open up God's word with you for a little bit. And so uh, if kids are in the room, they, I'm just glad they're here. Don't worry about them. Um, we'll, we'll get out of here um, in a reasonable time. But, but always, when, whenever we gather, we do want to open up God's word together and feel encouraged by it. But uh, as you can tell, we're, we're going to look at just a quick psalm this morning, Psalm chapter 16. But I, I want to begin... Um, just by thanking all of you for coming out. Many of you came out on Christmas Eve. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, thank you for the, the Christmas serve offering. We hope to have updates on that soon and let you know what that's what all that came towards and how we look forward to blessing our partners. But this morning, I, I wanted to open up with just a quick question here. Is, is this simply, how often do you reflect on things? Okay, just that word reflect. How often do you find yourself reflecting on things? And here's what I mean by the word reflect, right? When, when we use the word reflect, we're not just talking about a fleeting thought, something that comes to mind, you give it just a few seconds of thought, and then it leaves. But when we talk about reflect, how often do you sit and really process something? How often do you, you take intentional time to think about something? And my guess is we, we actually do a lot of reflecting, right? We, we reflect on certain things. Though, think about this for a second. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but are, are reflecting on a particular relationship right now, or a, a major life decision, or maybe reflecting on someone else in your life here? I, I was doing some research earlier this week, and um, it's interesting when, when you do, when you, when you ask, like, what do most people think about and reflect on? One of the number one answers always is money, but really. When you start to look at the data and you realize what people are actually reflecting on, you know what ultimately people reflect on most? So much. And, and I don't mean that in a critical way, but necessarily. But we do. We reflect on ourselves more than we do anything else. What's going on in our life, the good, the bad, the decisions that we're making. We reflect on ourselves a lot. So I think 
the act of reflecting is actually natural. I think it's part of who we are and what we do as human beings. But here's the struggle with reflection, is how often do we take time to reflect on the right things? How often do we take times to reflect on things well? How often do we find ourselves, you know, going down a path of reflection, but, but we don't do it in a healthy way, and we end up in a, in a negative spot. We end up with a, with a poor perspective on things. And how often do we get caught up on things, reflecting on things that provide no real value for us? And, I, and I'll attest to this. I'm certainly one of these people. I can easily get down a rabbit hole of reflecting on something that actually can take me into a negative place. And, and I think one of the reasons that I, I wanted to look at Psalms this morning is because I think Psalms are a great, excuse me, a great way for us to do this very idea of what it means to reflect. So if you have a copy of scripture, I do want to invite you to turn to Psalm chapter 16. And if you've read through Psalms, you'll know that Psalms are a wonderful book. They're, they're, it's, it's, they're unique in themselves because one of the things that all of the Psalms seems to do is we find all of the authors of Psalms, they're basically processing out loud what it is they're experiencing, what it is they're thinking and feeling. And so my hope today is that we can do that for just a moment here, that we can take a little bit of time and just reflect and pause for just a moment because what, what I think you'll see is that when we do this, and when we do this in a healthy way, when we do it from a biblical perspective, what we'll find is that we can really reflect on who the person of God is. And, and that's so important, as you're going to see here, because even Psalm 16, by the way, in some of your copies you'll see at the very top of Psalm chapter 16, before you even get started, it says, a Psalm of David. Right? So even King David needed time to sit and pause. And so I think just as we start off 2022, three here now. Let's just sit and pause for just a minute. But if you have a copy of the scripture, we're just going to work through these verses real quick. But I, I want you to look at verses one through four with me again here. So Psalm 16, verse one says, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. And I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasures in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. And so right off the bat here, right, what we see David doing is he, he's listing what he knows to be true about God, right? Hear these things again. Hey, look at what he says. He says, you are my refuge. You are my master. Everything I have is from you. The other people in my world, the other godly people, they're the ones that I look up to, and they're my heroes. But as most of the Psalms do, what, what David does is he actually invites you into what he's actually thinking at that moment, what he's actually feeling. And notice what he says here. David begins and he says, I'm coming to God for refuge, right? God, I, I've come to you and he says, look, I've come to you for refuge. So simple question here, why, do we, why would anybody look for refuge? Because they don't feel safe. Now, I, I don't know exactly why. I don't know what state brings uh, David when he writes Psalm 16. I don't know what's happening in his life at that very moment that he says, God, I'm, I feel like I need some refuge here. But it's really important that he does that because if you ever heard the, it's a counseling phrase, but if you ever heard the phrase, name it to claim it, 
Okay? This is a very simple notion idea, right, that when you're experiencing pain or trouble or heartache, whatever it is in life, one of the most important things that you can ever do is just simply name it, right? I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm mad, I'm whatever it is. This whole notion of just simply saying, I need to say it out loud, right? And this is why even in counseling, so good counselors help people discover that, like, oh my gosh, I'm actually jealous, or I'm actually this. That simple notion of saying it out loud helps begin the process here. Now, that can be hard at times, right? Sometimes, you know, have you ever felt like you, you, you just find yourself in so much stress, and you don't even know, and somebody says, what's wrong with you? And you say, I don't know. I just don't feel myself. But even that simple notion can begin the process of just saying, I don't even know what's wrong with me, but just simply saying, I don't feel myself. So even with David here, what we see here is he, we don't even know what the exact problem is, but it, we know enough that he says, God, I just don't feel safe. We, we know that because he says, God, I come to you for refuge. Why do we go to refuge? Because we're looking for safety. So it's important that David does that, right? He says, God, I, I come to you to refuge because I don't feel safe, but notice what happens when he does this, right? As he starts reflecting first on where he's at, look where his reflection takes him. He says, but you are my master, God. You have given me good things, right? So when we look at this first reflection here, I want us to see this, that, that even when David begins with his state, the state of his heart, he moves quickly into his first reflection here in, in Psalm 16, which is, but God, you are my master, you have, you have given me so many good things, and you protect those who follow you and chase after you, right? He slowly begins to unpack this. Now, there's a great uh, assumption in the book of Psalms that I think we make that we're not aware of, right? But I think what, what happens when we read through a, through a psalm, whether it's a short one like 16 or even a longer one, I think we make this mistake that, that David or others just sat down real quick and they wrote this out, that David just sat down one day in his chair and said, all right, you know what, I'm going to write these 11 verses really quickly. I would pose this to you. I bet you more than anything that this took David a long time to write. I wonder how many of the Psalms actually took hours, if not days, for people to write out. For instance, I wonder, did David just sit down one day and he says, and he writes the simple words, he says, keep me safe, O God, for I've come to you for refuge. Do you think maybe that David just sat down and said, God, I just need to write this one verse first. I just need to write this one simple thing. And then as he does that, he starts to unpack. You see, I think that's the, the, the assumption we make is that, well, did they just write it real quickly? I would argue that even if David did perhaps write these 11 verses fairly quickly, I guarantee you he's been thought, thinking about them and processing them for a while. And it's okay for us to do that, right, to sit and pause. Because when David does that, Notice again, he, he begins with, keep me safe, O God. But as he begins to reflect and pause, by the end of verse 4, he's already reflecting on that, but, you know, but God, you are my master, and I don't want anybody else. I don't want to chase other things. So in just four verses, we see where David's at emotionally, but through his reflection, he comes to his first reflection in Psalm 16, which is, God, you are my master, now, let's look at the next reflection here, verses um, 5 through, through 8 here. Look again. It says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. 
What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. So we begin in the first four verses. David's first reflection is, okay, God, I'm in this state, but you are my master. And then he moves into this next reflection, which is, God, you are my inheritance. Now, I found this kind of interesting as I was thinking about this this week. You don't usually find the words um, inheritance and master together in a positive sense, right? Think about this for a sec. Most people that, that would claim to have a master are not ever expecting some type of inheritance to come from that, right? You don't see those words because usually when we talk about serving a master, you are just simply there to serve the master with no really big expectation in return, especially not an inheritance that would come forth from it. But that's, this is the very nature of God because what, what, what David begins with, he says, you are master, but then he moves into this quickly thing and he says, not only are you my master, but you are my inheritance. Why? Because that is the very heart of who God is. God longs to bless us. God longs to pour out the goodness of who he is into our lives. And so David comes to this realization. He says, not only are you my master who's protecting me, keeping me safe, I found this thing called an inheritance within you. You alone are my inheritance. It's also interesting, by the way, that in this time, in biblical times, the word inheritance has, has a much deeper meaning than, than I think what we would initially think of it, right? Because in our mind, in our culture today, when we think of inheritance, I think the instant thought is just a, a transfer of wealth, right? And it's, of course, it's in a negative situation, right? When someone passes away, their inheritance moves on. But, but in the Jewish culture, it was actually much deeper than that because inheritance in this sense there was, there was brought on a lot more than just the transfer of wealth. There was expectations on the roles that you took. If you were so inclined to inherit, whether that was land or money or whatever, you inherited more than just physical or, or monetary style things. You inherited a role. You inherited expectations that you were to do something with that inheritance, not just like as we would say in our culture, it's like, well, I may just have more possessions now. So it's very deep and meaningful when David comes to this realization. He says, but God, you are my inheritance. It's important because David says, I have my inheritance now. Not just what I would have in the future. Not just as many people in the culture of this day would have said, I, I, you know, I'm looking, I, one day while I will have this inheritance, I will have these blessings, I will have land, I will have money, I will have more authority, power. David, in this very moment, he says, but you are the inheritance. And not only that, you alone are my inheritance. I have everything I have in you. And that's contrary to us, right? That's contrary to our, what we would see even in our culture today, right? Inheritance is not just what we receive Well, I want to inherit the, the good works from all my hard work of previous years, right? I look forward to the day that I can inherit the, the, the goods of my own hard work and doing. And, and David says, he goes, that's not what inheritance is. He says, the, the greatest, the best inheritance is you alone or God. So, I, you know, I wonder what it would look like for us to just simply say, God, you're all that I need. You alone 
are the inheritance. And look again, look what happens when David does this. He says, you are my inheritance. And he says, and when I realize that, look at this, you guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. By the way, that, that word wonderful, it actually translates into something like polished or shining, right? So really what David says is that you are a, a beautiful, shining inheritance. Isn't that interesting, by the way? Because when, when you think of inheritance, right, it's interesting that David chooses the word. He says, you are the beautiful inheritance. You are what's shining. You are what I actually want, so when he reflects on the inheritance of knowing God, he realizes all that God's given him, how God guards him, and God is David's master, he is his inheritance, and then finally, look at the last verse here, verses 9 through 11, he says this, no wonder my heart is glad. And I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence forever. What a great final reflection there, right? David ends and he says, God, you are my way of life. How's that for a reflection? That's a huge statement to make. Think about that for a sec. What is life all about? That's, that's the great question throughout all of history. What is life really all about? There are a thousand and one answers out there, but to David he knew there was one. He said there's one way of life, and that was God. That was God showing him the way of life. It's a pretty remarkable psalm, isn't it? We begin with a guy whose heart is in turmoil. He's looking for, for refuge and, in, and safety, but it concludes with an overarching philosophical view of life that finds joy in the person of God. And notice why. He says, the way of life and the joy that comes with it is solely due to the eternal presence of God. That's the great message of the Bible is that we are designed to have that relationship with God. We're, in, we're designed to experience the safety of his presence, to experience the, the beauty uh, and, and the shining, uh, the, the, the glowingness of his presence and who he is. And it's amazing how fast we lose perspective. I, um, <clears throat> I've seen a lot this, this past year, um, or I'm sorry, this past week, a lot of people making videos on like, what the past 2022 was all about. And it's, you know, it's really popular and, and they show all these great events, and, which is great. And I, I love it. I have no problem. But, you know, it, it made me a little bit sad because I, I, I look at so many of these people posting recap videos of 2022 and, and I wonder how many of them failed to realize that the best part of 2022 is their relationship with Christ. And how many people in this world are still out there that don't understand that is the best thing in life. So as we wrap up today, I, I want to I encourage us all to be more intentional about reflection. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what the best way that looks like. And, and if we're honest, we realize that not even all of the Psalms are the same. 
Sometimes we see David and the other authors, and, and they begin, and they're in turmoil, and they're in, in a really, really bad state, and they struggle through the entire psalm. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's where you find yourself is like, I'm in, I'm in the darker place. I'm in the, I'm in the rough place. But can I just encourage us all today? What would it look like to pause for a few minutes and just reflect on the person of God? And ultimately, what would it look like to reflect on the cross as the ultimate evidence of what God has done for us today? That in a year's time, if we were to create our own recap video, that we could say, you know, there was a lot of good things that happened. We had all these fun memories. We have all these great pictures and things to remember it by. But the greatest part of 2023 was that I got to experience God in a richer way. What would it look like for you to pause and reflect on the person of God and ultimately realize that our way of life is found in him? And that's our bottom line this morning. The thing that I want to encourage is, is that our way of life is the gift of life found in the person of God. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we're just so thankful to be here this morning and to just sit and pause for a moment. And we've had a busy month and there's been a lot going on. We've had a busy year and good and bad and everything in between. And Father, it's interesting, we think about today as a new year, but the, the good news of who you are is that you make us new every day through your son. And for, for us, this is a, a cultural holiday and it's, it's fun, it's good, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I, I, my heart, Father, my prayer for all of us this, this morning is that we would make a daily routine, we would make a consistent routine of reflecting on you and that we would pause and remember first and foremost the person of you and who you are and what you've done for us, how you've loved us, how you've invested in us, and how you long to make us more like yourself. And so, Father, whatever the past year was and whatever the next year is, may we simply give it all to you. May we trust that you would be able to do something in it that would allow us to draw closer to you, whether that's our sadness, whether that's our failures, whether that's our success, whether that's our joys, whatever it is, Father, may, may we just ultimately realize that you, you are our master, that you are in control of all things, and we're thankful for that. And that may we realize that you alone are the inheritance, that nothing else in this world is as good as knowing you. And may we realize that life centers around you, that you are the way of life. That, that when we make you king of our lives, Father, that everything else is taken care of. So whatever that looks like this morning, Father, may you move in our hearts to draw us closer to you. May the Holy Spirit, even in this very moment, work on us, convict us, lead us, guide us, encourage us, whatever he needs to do. And I pray that everybody in this room would be able to walk out and feel refreshed and, and keep our perspectives and our reflections close to you. Thank you most of all for the cross and what it means for us that we have a life with you. It's in the great name of Jesus we all say, amen.